0: I really want to sort of cover this evening is just give you a bit of a uh, foundation of what are training zones, what what do we mean by training zones? There's a lot of confusion, just really level set, and give you a bit of insight as the way that, that I use training zones. So when we put things into your, your schedule, you know what I mean. If I say well, zone one, zone two, zone three, and zone four, um, we're then going to sort of dive a bit deep and go, well, why is it important to have training zones in the first place? and then we're just going to take a look and say well how do we actually use these on a day-to-day basis so you can make that connection yeah um just ask any questions that we've got go, as we go go along and uh, this is you know your session and get you know, get out as much as you can from it um before i dive into training zones i just want to spend a bit of a bit of time just saying look all of what we're doing is about improving performance so if we look at performance and the physiological side of performance what are the the key factors because ultimately we're trying to get you faster whether that's in the pool faster on the bike with more power or far faster on the run in terms of pace so everything is about optimizing your performance to improve that to, to improve that speed so when you go into race day you can actually go and go and go and get a pb and nail it um the three things underpin performance uh are very very simple yeah so there's VO2 max. This is our ability to process and utilize oxygen. Uh, there's the lactic threshold, which is about how well we can manage the buildup of lactic acid in our body. And then the third area is what we call the economy of effort. So what we mean here are things like, you know, fluid dynamics in the pool. So how well we can move in the water aerodynamics on the bike. And then when it comes down to the run, it there are things like, you know, leg stiff strength, you know, uh, the, cadence. Um, now, we're not going to spend any time on that economy of effort because the ones that are really trainable, you, you know, that we can get the best adaptation are the first two. So when we start looking at training zones, it's really going to be applicable to VO2 max lactic threshold. If there's, you know, if there's interest in going a bit more detail about the other things, which are more sort of technique uh, related, we can do those in over sessions. So I'm really going to focus on on those first two sort of building blocks. Does that is that sort of make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Brilliant. Okay. So, so let's start with the fundamental, what do we mean by, by training zones? And, you know, if you're like me, when I started out, you know, it depends on what platform you use, what, what you've got. There's a lot, a lot of confusion, but, but a real basic level, a training zone is a way of measuring when we're working aerobically. That means when we're working with oxygen and then when we're working anaerobically, where we, I'm not using oxygen, and we get byproducts, uh, which we come to. So that's the two fundamental areas. Now, the key things and the most simple sort of zones, if you like, that really overlap that, that aerobic and anaerobic is really a, su- a free a free zone model. So very very simply, green is when we're working nice and nice and easy. Red is when we're working really really hard, and the bit in the middle is more moderate. Yeah, um, and And there are two fundamental, if you like, thresholds or points or markers as we go along that anaerobic or aerobic to anaerobic sort of journey. Yeah. Um, The first one, uh, which again, it's confused, got a number of different names, but the first one is when you stop being aerobic and you start going anaerobic. So, So some people call it LT1, lactic threshold one some people call it the aerobic threshold so that really is the intensity of where you switch from that you know using oxygen to not using oxygen that sort of makes sense mm-hmm. yeah. and then as we go into that anaerobic state based on your individual physiology how well you've trained and uh, we'll come back to this in a minute your body can actually utilize and in lots of cases use it as a a, a benefit uh, work with lactic acid yeah to a point where you get to an intensity lt2 or sometimes called the, the lactic threshold so a lot of you that have done ftp tests yeah you know you know that, that 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 lactic threshold point and that's the the point where your body is producing so much lactic that it can't utilize it it can't clear it. So it exponentially goes up. And as soon as we get into that zone, that's where, you know, we've all probably done it. The wheels start falling off. You'll get muscle fatigue. So, so really what we're trying to do with training is first understand where each of you are sitting between LT1 and LT2 so that we can then, you know, put the right levels of, of training in place. And I'll come back to that in, in, in a couple of slides slides time. Now, to make it more confusing um, is there are so many different zone models. So there's a a free zone model, a five zone model, a seven zone model. You might hear people talk about seven, you know, seven zone A, B, C. You know, we we tend to use five zones uh, because, you know, just just aerobic, anaerobic and, and medium, there are. Different levels of adaptation we can get throughout that, that journey. So we tend to use the things that you see on on, on the ch- on the chart here. So when we're doing very very easy, what zone one, zone two, we're working in that recovery or endurance. Most of your easy runs, easy cycles, easy swims will probably be, uh, you know, towards that top end of the endurance zone. Yeah. So you're still using oxygen. You, you're still if you're fueling properly, you can just keep going. You're not you're not getting a lot of stress on the body. Yeah. But the other end of the spectrum, um, because all of you are endurance athletes, um, we, we don't do a lot of the really, really high end, uh, you know, sprinting and things like that. But we spend a bit of time there if we want to get an adaptation, but you'll get your VO2 max. So the, the sort of the, the short interval work. And then in the middle, there's, there's terms that you've probably heard around tempo, threshold, in cycling, they call sweet spot, but it's in that sort of that, that mid zone. The way that we train, certainly furthest out from the race, we we, 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 we do a polarised approach to training. So 80% of what we do is in the green and 20% is in the red. As we get closer to racing, because you actually race in the orange, yeah? But as we get closer uh, where we'll do things uh, that we'll call race simulation or sweet spot, or race pace, that's really where we're working in that 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 mid-zone. But because we've already spent a good block of, of work at that polarized, yeah, um, your body's got the maximum return because if you spent all that time in the middle, you, you're not working hard enough, but you're working too hard to recover day in and day out. Because some of you are doing many hours of training. that sort of sort of make make sense? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And what we're trying to do over time is we're trying to take these two lines and we're trying to move them to the right, yeah? Because if you can move your LT1 to the right, you can ride at a higher pace all day. And as long as you're eating the right fuel, you can just keep going all day. If you move LT2 to the right, you can actually go at a race pace, you know, and and shuttle lactic, and I'll come on to that shortly, you know, a lot faster. Yeah. So as, as we sort of look at the season, as we look at testing throughout the cycle, what we we should see, we should see those two points start to move to the right. Uh, And that means that we're we're getting faster. We're getting fitter. We're managing lactic in a more, um, a more optimized way. Make sense? Yep. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So if they're, they're sort of the zones you know and, and sort of how they fit what why is it important that we train in the right zone why don't we just you know go out and smash it every time on a swift swift race as i know some of you like to do on the on the on the downside um well the real reason is every workout that you have has a has a very specific objective for doing it so we don't do any junk junk miles yeah so for example when i asked you to go out and do that really really easy easy run you know i might put things in your plan that says like math uh, uh that's based on a a, a a method by a guy called phil matherton but what that really means is you know go out and do some very very light training yeah work at that sort of 60 70% and and what that does is is two fundamental things one um it helps really build that endurance um it means that you can re- recover because you're not taking a lot of stress. But the other really, really important thing for, for endurance athletes, because you're all going to have events that are over an hour and a half, is we're conditioning the body to start to utilize fat as the primary fu- the fuel source. And that's really, really key because all of us have got about 30,000 of calorie of, of fat on us, even the skinny binnies. Um, but we can only store about two thousand calories of, of, uh, of glucose in, in the form of carbohydrate. So by doing those really, really slow, um, easy uh, sessions, you're you getting that adaptation as well. Yeah. Um, at the other end, you know, we, we'll do some some speed work, you know, on the track typically. And what we're doing with those max <sighs> efforts is we are sort of trying to get that fast twitch fiber going. We're looking at some neuromuscular adaptations so that your brain gets used to firing the mitochondria at a faster rate, and we're ultimately improving your, your, your speed and your turnover. So all of you want to run fast. The only way you can run faster is to run fast. so but we don't do a lot of work there. It's very, very short you know spurts typically you know, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, 100 meters on, 100 meters off uh, because we want to be able to recover because of the volume that you're, you're doing and then and then in the middle, um in the of the more the, the sort of threshold stuff this is where we might do overs and unders because to shift that lt1 so lt2 threshold we've got to push it and nudge it up and the way we can do that is by going above it going be you know below it going above it and then gradually building and that will gradually push us um push us further and and actually it's easier to do those over and unders or cruise intervals on the run than actually to, to say well, go and do a threshold interval or hold um you know uh an ftp test I and mean, it's brutal isn't it yeah so there are you know those sort of longer intervals are really trying to push that that top end so we're getting that sort of um speed endurance yeah yep. that does that sort of does that sort of make sense yes. Mm. yes um the other thing that the zones help me do is is it means that we can prescribe the right the right dosage yeah so the way that that, that we build your plan is on a, a four-week block and that four-week block has got typically three weeks that will build the intensity and then we that four weeks is when you have a bit of a recover and we'll drop back the intensity it doesn't mean that uh, that it's either volume or intensity but it, it it will reduce the dosage and that's quite important because it's in that fourth week that your body's absorbing all the training that's where you, you're actually actually going to get most of the adaptation so making sure that we build that out gradually and we always work back from your key races uh, it allows us to make sure that you're not overtraining, you're not under training there's a sweet spot that we want to find yeah we want you to be you know overreaching where we need to but not over training because that would just build up fatigue and you could also get get an injury um, uh, and then have to take you know a couple of weeks off and then you'll go backwards yeah um, so you'll see things after workouts like TSS in training peaks that stands for training stress score and it gives you an estimate based on heart rate based on run based on swim and what I do I use that TSS when we build that ramp over the free week and then we use that so every block we're gradually building you up um, so that you peak for race time yeah we don't want you peaking too early but we want to make sure you peak uh, you know <laughs> You know, well in time, and but also you've got a, a taper so that you can go into that race in a, in a fresh way. That that sort of makes sense.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and the last one, which I've mentioned a few times, but I think this is this for me was a eureka moment. Yeah, is around if we're training in the right zones, we can condition our body to metabolize and use lactic acid. Yeah. Um, so let's just take a look at that. So let me, let me close that down so contrary to a lot of myths yeah lactic acid is it's it's not um it's not it's not our uh, our enemy yeah um and if we know how to train in the right zone we can actually use lactic as a fuel source um all of us are producing lactic acid so right now on this call on a sunday afternoon we are all chilled out had a glass of wine relaxed um we are producing lactic and if we took our blood we'd all have between one and two millimoles of lactic acid we all got a slightly different baseline yeah so we produce lactic acid even in a steady state um but if we can train in the right way we can actually use it as a fuel source so if you look at the the the, the, the chart on the left yeah yes. um we, we eat some carbs that generates some glucose. We're all probably familiar with that, yeah? Now, the body converts glucose to a chemical called pyruvate, and that's the sort of the energy currency that it uses to fuel the body, whether it's from from, from carbohydrate or whether it's from fat. The body just uses pyruvate. If we're working, if we go down uh, the aerobic sort of pathway, so we come down this way and we're working aerobically uh, with oxygen, um, our body sort of takes that. Um, it converts it to an energy source um, uses the, the the sort of the mitochondria in the muscle produces energy and it's very very happy you can keep doing that there's a, a cycle called the Krebs cycle where it just keeps doing that and as long as we're fueling correctly we can actually go in that aerobic state pretty much forever yeah um, however when we increase the intensity um, we start to go anaerobic and the byproducts of anaerobic uh, metabolism is we generate more lactic but the great thing about lactic is um, a lot of our vital organs like the liver like the brain they actually love it so actually if we're training in the right intensity we can actually take lactic it goes back to the liver the liver says thank you very much i convert that back to glucose back to pyruvate and the cycle keeps going around so if we're training ourselves in that, that sort of zone between LT1 and LT2, we can actually use lactic as fuel. And certainly as endurance athletes, you know, why wouldn't we want to do that? It's a bit like a hybrid car. We can just keep going. It's only when we put the foot on the pedal and, and, and we produce too much of it, the body says, oh, hang about, I don't like this. And the muscles start to break down and we get sore. so So a lot of what we'll be doing in that sort of, training zone uh, in your race zone is making sure that you can clear that and, and and that process is called lactic shuttling yeah does that sort of make sense yeah yep has anyone come across that before anyone use lactic and is it is that is this a new concept or have you no is, is that something you've been aware of i've came across
1: <laughs> it thought that lactic was always bad for you or lactic acid was always like a bad product you know, or, or kind of a
0: you know, byproduct of working too hard. Yeah, there's been a lot of, I think, um, mixed science around it. You know, if you look at the latest science, um, some actually say lactic acid doesn't exist. You know, because uh, the research is very out of date, and a lot of people pick up these sort of urban myths and these stories. Lactic is what the, the you know acidosis is how it gets generated, um, but actually lactic it actually. You know, is a is a fuel source, and and you know, I, I only found this out a couple of years ago, and it was I was like you, it was almost like wow, you know. So I can actually train in the right level, get a fat adapted, race at higher intensity, and use lactic, which means that I'm not popping gels every five minutes. And you know, if you if you pop gels on long course, and I think we've all probably done that and had GI issues and some issues, it's just one extra thing that we can we can sort of we can adapt our body in training so that we don't actually you know maybe suffer in 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 racing. I
1: used to find it when I was doing more rock climbing I think it was it was we called it you got pumped when you were you were climbing up to a certain point and you just it got to a point where you were just struggling to hold on and it was just your muscles were that just horrendous you just couldn't hold on you just thought my my arms are just pumped you just had to hold on and shake it out and I think that that was the lactic thing and I think they used to the thing they used to say was I think kids do they not when you're young you don't get a lactate or something i don't know but um it's just that that's where it, it became more pronounced i think to me
0: yeah 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 um so that that sort of lactic so we can use it as a friend but we've got to train smart and train at the right sort of intensity for that to be a, a benefit because if we go out too hard um you know we hit the wall we get you know we end up walking that 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 uh, that run that run leg and we, we've all seen people doing it and that you know the the shuffle, uh, as we see in at the end of a, a lot of a long course um, uh, uh, weekend. So how do we sort of apply Sorry. this? Sorry. Just yeah. a
1: quick question. So the, yeah. the saying we can generate lactic, it's fine. We can then use it as a fuel source. Um, I, I, I'm suspecting it's up to a certain point. I, mean, I I don't know my exact lactic numbers, you know, millimoles and so on, but I know that there's a point where I can push myself really hard, but I, I can keep going. But if, yeah. if you push beyond that, you're sort of like, oh, shit, I can't <laughs> come back now. I'm I'm, I'm stuffed. So um, I suppose the question is that the, you, you can use it and you can go around that circle, but there's a point where um, it, the wheels come off and you're not actually going in the circle anymore. You're just, you're heading to your oblivion sort of thing, or to the shuffle.
0: Yeah, that, that's where you need to know the threshold. So, for example, if you if you do a, an FTP on Zwift, yeah, that will go and say, you know, if we go back to that that, that very first um, slide. They'll you'll do you'll do Zwift and it will go maximum heart rate, and they'll do an estimation of ninety five percent of maximum heart rate or what you can you know suffer, and they'll say that's your lt two. That can be wildly off. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, the, the, the most accurate way that you can get that is by taking your blood sample um, and, and getting the exact, you know, um, uh, uh, percentage of, 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 of lactic in your blood. So it's measured in, in millimoles. So as I said, most of us got a baseline of one and two. Um, a lot of the old sites used to be as soon as you go above four, that's lactic, that's LT2. Right. And we're all the same. That's been proven to be rubbish. Everyone's got a slightly different level. Um, and I think when we did your bloods on the bike, your levels probably closer to six. Yeah. So, so now, and, and by doing the bloods, we know that actually for your bike, that will equate to a perceived effort, a heart rate, and a power. And if you're riding with power, you can actually gauge. Well, I've got to, I've got to stay under that. Otherwise, I'm gonna go above it. I can't clear it enough, yeah. and the wheels gonna fall off. But the levels are different for running. And for cycling, so so for for the training that we do, and the estimations in the in the in the baseline that we do are are in the ballpark. If we really really want to dial it in, um, then the, the the most accurate way and the gold standard is is go on a treadmill, go on the, the what bike, go in a pool, and take your blood samples at di- different levels of intensity, um, uh, and then do that at the end of every training block because because they'll shift, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, that's something that we can offer people that, that want that. Um, others, you know, we can just look at the data um, uh, and we can, we can actually, you know, um, work within the, the estimates. You know, the estimates in the ballpark and for 90% of us, they'll be fine. It's, you know, if you're looking to win the world champs or you're looking to podium, those marginal gains of getting your exact level across bike, across swim, across run, maybe something that you want to do Uh, and that tastes nicely to to show so how do we use this in day to day so you know really you know when you've all been on board we start that first two weeks with some baseline testing and what we're trying to do in the bike uh we get an estimate of your ftp based on the 20 minute test uh we look at your power which we can see how well you're working aerobically anaerobically and how your body starts to use energy systems Um, because bizarrely if you're really, really good at being anaerobic, you've got that sprinter, you know, you can really lay down that power really quick. We almost want to reduce that because as an insurance athlete, I want you to have a really long green zone because I want you to be able to go aerobic as long as you can for as fast as you can, because that will make you you know slow down slower than everyone else, if that makes sense. Um, uh-huh. we also look at I mentioned TSS. We also look at the training um, intensity uh, and we really, you know, and again, it's all individualized. Uh, so we really use that to make sure that you're, you're not over-training uh, and every session is a percentage over, under of your unique threshold. So, so when you go into sort of training peaks, you might see a workout and it says, you know, it's a VO2 max, which is either 120, 150% of your threshold. It's working on those, 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 that LT2 is really where we, we, we sort of anchor it. So making sure we measure that and we test that regularly because we want to, as I said, we want to sort of turn that, you know, shift that to, to the right. And, and then the last one, you know, every workout, because everything is recorded now uh, in our watches, our Polar, our Garmin's, um, uh, we get the data. Um, but what I would say, another key metric, some of you do it, but if you all could do it, it really helps, is perceived effort. Because in training peaks, when you finish a, a workout, it will come up and have a little range of smiley faces. And then it will say, how was it for you out of 10? And you can put some comments. That's quite important because there are days where you just might be feeling brilliant. And there's other days where you go, oh, I'm just not feeling it. You know, especially in the current climate with, um, you know, COVID and Omicron, you know, your, your body will tell you when you're maybe feeling fatigued you know, and unless you've got really sort of Gucci, heart rate variability recovery devices, we can cover that in a separate topic, that perceived sort of, yeah, it was all right or brilliant. That helps me because I see that pretty much new real, real time. And I can look at what's coming out over the coming days or the next week. And as I said, if we're on a build phase, we can tweak it so that you're in that sweet spot of not uh, under training, not over training. Yeah. So, you know, if you have got the time, put your little smiley face, make a little comment. That really will help get that feedback because, you know, while I see some of you week on week um, uh, at sessions with the tribe club, some of you, we, we won't speak for it's remote. So those, those little sort of perceived effort really, really does help. Um, that that's sort of the end of sort of the stuff I wanted to cover. Any, any additional questions that you've got? Oh, it explained a lot of stuff
1: for me. I mean, I don't, I'm not too, I'm not into numbers and stuff like that, but it does, it explains a lot, especially all the lactate stuff as well and being able to reuse it and stuff. That's that's interesting. So it's a whole new way of training, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Well,
0: what you're, what you're doing, you know, um, sports science is, is, and triathlon in particular, it's, it's becoming more professionalised. So the way you're training is probably advanced the most pros. So the guy that I work with, um, Dan Plus, he's just started training Javier Gomez. Um, now Javier's coming to the end of his career in terms of ITU, he's 38, 39. Um, but watch out for Javier because the way that he's now gonna be coached and the way the Norwegians are training, it's exactly the same way that that, that, that you're doing. You know, and and the the technology now, the smartwatches, the devices, the platforms. There's a trickle down. So so you know, you're probably training smarter than a lot of pros. Um, uh, you know, the general pros. But as the sport starts to get more professional, we've seen the Norwegians' impacts across short course, medium course, long course. We've seen Lucy Child. You know, the rest of the pack are going to go, wow, what are they doing? And and the way that you're training will become the norm. Um, so you are I think you know in the minority which I think is is great and hopefully you know um, if we can keep you know that consistency the right levels and and avoid injury that performance will come through on 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 the key races that you've got scheduled for for the year it's pretty tough uh, though
1: it's tough to stay in those base base zones and the low uh, intensity section yeah I'm
0: struggling with that (laughs) <laughs> uh, Alan, Alan, do you want to share? Because I think I think we've all struggled.
1: I, yeah, I'm one percent with you, Cameron. I, I hate <laughs> those slow runs. To keep, yeah. I'm supposed to keep below. I think it's one thirty-three or something in the in the one thirties when I'm running, and it feels like I'm pretty well walking. You know, it's like ah, oh, Tony, what are you doing to me?
0: I you just <laughs> push, you just got to um, just go with it. You know, and, it does work. It does work,
1: doesn't it? I think it, you know yeah, easier, yeah. you've got to embrace it. Yeah, I mean, um, the the and and it, you, you balance it with the the stories said already. You balance it with the high intensity stuff. So you are hardly ever because and, and before um, uh, I would do a lot more in the tempo area. So, but just because every week or every second week I want to do a hard run to convince myself I was going okay. <laughs> Uh, and I I don't think there was anything particularly wrong with that, but it's a different me- method. So this low and high, um, I mean, it does actually change as as we get towards race season, you know. And there's more in the middle, like Tony was saying earlier. Um, but it, it yeah, the the low intensity stuff, it's easy on the bike, it's easy in the pool, but it's noisy on the run. And <laughs> yeah. <Tony> wouldn't <knows> lose that because <laughs> I if, if we chance i get a Dell guy i hate that bloody <laughs> <laughs> m one of the things i did
0: one of the things i did cameron that helped me because i struggled as well is i just now listen to audio books or podcasts so so you literally use it as an educational you know you've got a, an hour and a half university to invest in yourself just go out for a gentle bod and and, and learn something that really helped me take my mind off of the pace and the watch because I was just listening to, 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 to something on 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 uh, on the iPod. That, sounds good. I'll give it a best. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's really old
0: the iPod, doesn't it? God, I meant the iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> I have noticed, on me on me, me walkman.
1: Walk, <laughs> I've noticed on the on the if you go dead easy on the run, you're not anything like as fatigued. When, Clearly, running is the hardest thing to do of all the things that we do. You know, it's just a, it's got the most stress in your body. Um, but if I go out and do a 12, 14K very easy run, um, you recover pretty quickly. If I go out and do a tempo run, I'm gubbed. I can't run the next day. You know, it's got to be two days. I you know, miss a day and then the day after at best. Um, so there's definitely, you know, less stress going on yeah you're not pounding your body the same, so it, it definitely works um you know. and there,
0: and and Karen, there will be a time where you'll have long threshold runs, and you'll be going, "God, I wish I was doing that really hard that that <laughs> nice and easy stuff ah, yeah that um, easy one. yeah <laughs> so so enjoy it and embrace it uh at this point of the process um that's it. Uh, Okay. Um, well, as I said at the beginning, you know, this is very much the first. It's pretty much of a, a pilot. Um, if it's of value, if there are other topics you want to hear, just just ping me. You know, I want this to be athlete-led, uh, and if there is an interest, we'll do you know something um, uh, once a month, and and we'll 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 take input on the topics and and continue to share share some 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 things so that you know why you're doing. Because if you know it, uh, it makes my life a lot easier. But it also means that you can really. You know, you know, uh, focus on the training, and 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 you 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 can be you know better better endurance athletes as well.